1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Shoe live. This episode is being recorded and streamed live on talkshoe.com. This episode is also being streamed to the following platforms. YouTube live. You are joining the online studio. Your line is muted. You can unmute yourself by pressing star six on your phone.
3: The online studio. Your line is muted. You can unmute yourself by pressing star six on your phone.
2: Power to the truth. Welcome to Campfire Chats with Margot. I'm your host, Margot. I don't know why there's that echo. I've got to get that figured out. Hang on. Can people hear me? This is Margot. And this is Campfire Chats. And if you're over on YouTube and you can hear me and you can see the screen, if you'll type something in in the chat room, then we can get started. And um, hi, Louise. How are you today? Can you hear me Okay. I think I had to mute a playback thing, and and um, bandwidth came in. Um, let's see. Yeah, I re. Yeah, I refreshed my page. Hi, Valhalla. How are you? Is can everyone see the? I've got the uh, show page up. Can you hear me okay? And then we'll get going here. We're still waiting to build an audience a little bit. Okay. Thank you, Louise. I'm glad you can hear me. Hi, Valhalla. I've got eight watching over on YouTube. I've got a couple of people over on TalkShoe. Oh, I've got a lot of people on Shoe. Let me see who all I have here. Um, well, Robin's here. Hi, Robin. How are you today? Oh, I've got a lot of You let me see unmuted. Hi, Robin. Oh, hi, got, Hi, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Thanks for joining in. I, I I, was, you know, I just got the live stream started over on YouTube and I've got um, quite a few guests over here on talk Show. I see Sandy. I see. Angel, is that you, Earth Angel? Um, It looks like she's just viewing. Sandy left the call. Maybe she'll be back. I've got guest 10 and guest 4. Looks like they're just viewing. Let me see what's going on in the chat. Uh, Yeah, Earth Angel, it works. Um, Are you in the studio? Are you just... Did you join the online studio so that you can you can see the screen share? Okay, you're just listening on TalkShoe. Okay, um, if you're in the online studio, studio you'll be able to see the screen share. If you're otherwise, you'll have to look at you, the YouTube live stream and. See the screen share over there because we're gonna. I've got we're gonna be sharing a lot. Okay. Um, all right. I'll let you figure that out, and we're gonna move forward here. And um, I have uh, someone on the line from area code four one zero. Would you like to tell us who you are so that you know we just kind <clears> of <throat> know who's here. Area code 410, hi, this is Margo. Would you like to tell us who you are or are you just listening and thanks for joining us? Well, um, I guess people are not ready to call in yet. There's Valhalla, hi Valhalla. Um, are you just viewing or, I, I think when it's, when it's kind of light colored they're not actually in the online studio, but when it, Hi, I am, Sandy, Sandy you I'm can hear figured it out.
4: Awesome. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm using my Gazunga dollar dollar Mac tonight. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I forgot to do it on um, Chrome. So I had to go back out, come back in. Right. And, but I might have to like walk out, walk back in because my husband just made spaghetti. <laughs> oh, that was your message. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm making <laughs> spaghetti.
2: <laughs> and we have quite a few just just um, just um viewing over here on TalkShoe um, that have not joined the online studio, but they can watch the stream over on YouTube as well. So <laughs> um, let me announce the show. And we've got. We've got a lot planned for tonight, and we'll get going here. So, uh, power to the truth. Welcome to Campfire Chats with Margot. This is Thursday, August the 9th, 2018. Tonight, we're discussing abrupt climate change, extreme weather, near-term human extinction, and other topics that are related. If you'd like to call in and talk with us, the number is 605 562 0444 and the call ID is one four four eight six five and then you push the pound sign and just a few announcements at the beginning with our ground rules here trolls will not be tolerated please keep political comments to a minimum no hopium which is a we call hope plus opium as we realize that any prescriptions or solutions to the climate crisis should have been implemented decades ago this show is about you your feelings and how you're dealing with the great changes that are upon us we're all in this together so let's respect and support each other and i've just got some headlines to go over Um, well i've got one headline to start with And it's it's an article from Reuters News, and I'm just going to read that to start with. Uh, Let me see, find my browser with my articles. It's called In Hot Water, How Summer Heat Has Hit Nordic Nuclear Plants. And this was published on August the 1st, and this is out of Oslo. It says this year's. Unusually warm summer in the Nordic region has increased seawater temperatures and forced some nuclear reactors to curb power output or shut down altogether with more expected to follow suit. And this the summer has been 6 to 10 degrees Celsius above the seasonal average so far and has depleted the region's hydropower reserves, driving power prices to record highs boosting energy imports from continental Europe and driving up consumer energy bills. Nuclear plants in Sweden and Finland are the region's second largest power source after hydropower dams and have a combined capacity of 11.4 gigawatts. And it goes on and on and says that the reactors need cold seed water for cooling that because the sea the sea surface temperature has become so warm that it's hard to cool the plants so I'll leave a link uh, you know below when when the show is archived to that article and this is just more evidence of really how how things are moving along faster faster than we expected we're going to be talking about some of that today and robin and i are going to hit the highlights with arctic sea ice we're going to start off with that and then i've got um a a document that i'm that i want to share with everyone and we'll we'll go around talking about our level of awareness in in um, the abrupt climate change, uh, but climate distru- dis, um, disturbance, or whatever you want to call it, and how we're dealing with it. And what—and th- there are really five stages to it. And this document outlines it all. And I think it'll help us reframe what we're doing and what, what we can do in order to um go forward in our lives with these these hard times ahead of us because the hardest part first of all the hardest part is not knowing what we're facing and then after that once we come to the realization of what we're facing how do we deal with it and you know how do we move forward in these last few days and weeks and months to come and have a meaningful life a meaningful existence. So we're going to be talking about these things tonight as well. So um, Robin, let's get going with you. Um, well, hi, welcome. I chat with you all the time on on Facebook, but I hardly I, this is only the second time I've heard your voice live. So it's good to have you here with me tonight. I'm really happy that you could join us.
0: Thanks, it's my pleasure.
2: (laughs) How's the weather in New Zealand? Is it still like really
0: warm? Uh, Oh yes, it is. And I had an interesting conversation with our weather people the other day, and I established just how exactly they, uh, this is huge anomaly between what the weather temperatures that they report and what I'm measuring. Uh, It turns out uh, that they use models that are based on the average temperatures to tell people what what, what uh, the weather, the temperatures are going to be today. So they're, they're often about three or four degrees out because uh, uh, what we're seeing has nothing to do with the average.
2: <laughs> right, so they're not actually actually um, telling you what the actual temperatures are, no, they're just
0: no, averaging. No, they're not. And, and yet when you go on the internet, I mean, you, you go on, and you, you wonder whether you're going to have a hot day or a cold day, and that's what you get. You get these inaccurate figures, you know. Right. Just day to day, it's it's absolute nonsense. But I mean, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. You get a lot of discrepancies. I found that as well. That it's hard to get good data, and we found that with the that Navy website, didn't we? I explained that in my live stream last night, but with the two different data sets and their different data modelings. And it's, that was crazy, wasn't it? How we discovered that.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'll just mention one thing before we get on to the Navy. Uh, yeah. Because it, it's on my mind and I'd love to know what other people think about this. I just saw a video put up by Robert Fanny, Robert Scribbler saying, uh, from NOAA, and they're, and they're saying that um, July, uh, was the eleventh uh, hottest um, uh, you know, temperatures on on record, buying with 1998. And then I saw a report that California has seen the record highest. So was the rest mm-hmm. of the country freezing? As what? Well, was the rest of the country freezing?
2: If, if, <laughs> like it was just California yeah, that yeah, had the hottest, yeah, right? <laughs>
0: 11th, uh, highest temperatures on record. I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's
2: it's it was hot worldwide, and we saw that in yeah, in the yeah. data <laughs> and in the daily reports.
0: Uh, those figures, uh, it's it's beyond me. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
2: it is it's crazy and we when we were you know we're basically in this worldwide heat wave so that was that was crazy Um, I've got some shots from today uh, um, just playing this is let me go back okay here's our climate (laughs) reanalyzer sea ice and snow cover from today and we'll just get this sea ice report out of the way so we can move on to other things and you can see a diminishment of ice more in the beaufort sea it's falling away on that left arm too you see that and it's getting thinner in this area up on the northwest part and it's also starting to break up we saw on uh, on the NASA satellite view, it's starting to break up um, within the 80 degree north latitude. On the west side, and then on the east side, it's well within 80 degrees north latitude. So that's from Klein Re- Re- Analyzer today. This is from the um, Navy website today. This is the CI's concentration. And you see it's becoming much less concentrated. And even over the North Pole, where it has been in this area is where it's been the most concentrated, we're seeing um, it come down more into the yellow regions. And then this is the ice speed and drift. And we can actually see two different directions. And it goes in a counterclockwise motion with the way the water moves and then the ice moves and breaks up it comes around from the north and down to the south and then to the west and then back up and then it splits off about at this midline and then there's a part that circles around um to the south so I find that interesting, and that can always also give us a clue as to where things are breaking up or going to be breaking up. And then this is the GIF, uh, the 30-day, the um, with the forecast seven days out of with the sea ice thickness. So we can see within the next week or so, it's, I mean, it's really dwindling. It's like, I I just don't even have words for it. Do you, Robin?
0: <laughs> no, no.
2: It's just beyond words to me. It's just, I'm just sitting here watching it. And here's today where we're at. And this is sea surface temperatures. And this is what that article that I just read was talking about how, like, here's Norway. And with the sea surface temperatures so warm, especially in this little inlet area, it's too warm to cool down the nuclear reactors. And in here, you can see that it's well over. It's like up into this black zone, and that's 22 degrees Celsius. So how they think they're going to cool down those nuclear reactors is beyond me. You know. And then they shut them down, and or you know, it's a whole combo plate. And then, of course, it's warm all around the sea ice edge, and then the water comes up under the ice, and it's warming from underneath. So, it's just a mess. It just looks like a mess to me. And then we're back to our show page there. So... um What do you want to talk about, Robin? Oh, let's go. I'm ready. I, I need to switch my uh, screen share. Um, hang on a second. Hang on. And let me get the correct browser window up here. Um, um, um. Okay. Let's do our CI's. Now I'm gonna share the screen again window and share okay here we are so we saw the climate reanalyzer um, let's just pop back over here and go over a few things now this is interesting because most of the temperature over the Arctic is above freezing and especially over the North Pole and here are our lines where where they intersect is where the North Pole is and then this aqua color is right around freezing but the rest of it is above freezing and so and it's still daylight there it's still constantly daylight now the the earth is starting to tilt away from the Sun up there so the Sun is starting to move down in the horizon I mean towards towards the horizon a little bit and um, as it keeps moving down then it's it's less heat you know it's not as hot so we will see um, a little more cooling going on there but um, it's still Quite warm up there. Here's our two meter temperature anomaly. Greenland is quite warm and it's warming up as well, and they're worried about the glaciers melting a lot there. And we're not going to do the whole world. I did that last night. We're just looking up here in the Arctic, and then it's quite warm up here um, in Siberia and in the Arctic Sea, there where that um, East Siberia ice shelf is and then here's our snow and ice cover again and here's our sea surface temperatures it's just a different scale but it's showing the same thing It's what we saw in the Navy and sea surface temperature anomalies and you can see all these red and browns where it's a lot warmer where, than it normally should be and it's really like pouring in from the from the Atlantic a lot warmer and that's causing this whole influx of warm so there's that do you have anything to say about that Robin before we move to the next one here
0: yeah just noticing that it's a sort of cold pattern off the coast you know the East Siberian uh, ice Oh right here,
2: the blue. Yeah, that's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. And it's so hot right next to it, but then it's got the blue, which is like colder than than normal. And the same right here in off of Alaska and Canada. And here too, in in the this uh laptev sea, it's It doesn't make sense. Just I don't know. I mean, this is my first year to to be studying this stuff, so I don't have. I can't say. Well, last year it looked like this, you know, because I don't know, because I wasn't watching this before this year. So here's the um, Arctic Sea Ice News and Analysis National Snow and Ice Data Center, and of course they're a day behind. And this is extent, and we can see that it's it's coming away from the coastlines even more from my report yesterday. Here is the concentration, and you can see that the concentration is really low, getting much lower. And here's the graph still going down. Here's the Antarctic, and here's their concentration. And we've, we've gone over that before. And then we just went over the Navy stuff. And then I like looking at this NASA world view. And most of the data is in for today. So I have today's screen up. The only data we're missing is over here on this left side. But that doesn't affect us because that's really on land. And what I find curious here. Is, is if we look on this east side of where this ice edge is, I mean, the the retreat is phenomenal. I mean, because here's the 80-degree north latitude. Here's Fallbard, And the retreat, it just looks like someone just took a knife and just cut it off there, doesn't it? It's crazy. And then it's... um. It comes out here and then back in but um, it's also another big interest point is where it's melting right around the coast of Greenland because this is where some of that old thick ice comes up you know where normally it doesn't melt and we can see that that ice is really Losing its integrity as well. Do you see that? Did you want to look at some other stuff here? Well,
0: I I was looking just the other day. I haven't looked since, but I mean, there was evidence. You know, when you zoom in, uh, Mm -hmm. of tracking quite close to the to the um, you know to the pole. I would say you know 86 or 87 degrees north. Yeah,
2: over here, over here on this northwest.
0: Yeah, somewhere or, or even kind of up there.
2: Yeah, that's stretch. 80, about 84 where my pointer is.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you you have to sort of go Yeah, on. here's,
2: uh-huh. You, it's, see, there's some breaking up there. Yeah. That's some definite, you can definitely see that. That's as close as it'll go. That's at 84. And then it's coming on in. And this whole area that's um yeah that's that's losing integrity and then we're under clouds we kind of have to discern the clouds and the snow cover and um, i mean you can really get lost lost in in the snow up here if you if you're not careful so yeah and this is that area that that is showing Like on the Navy picture, the the light purple, it's this area and I do see that going away. How soon do you think that's going to be going away? This whole area?
0: Yeah, I've I've really got no idea what I'm wondering.
2: It looks like it's going to slice away right around. Here, right around there. And like all of this area will be gone, but that's that's they kind of expect. Quite a bit of ice melt in the summertime, but not like this, I don't think. And did you see my show from last night where I showed. um, Remember the Navy Sea routes that they've got planned up here Mm -hmm. and we're way ahead above the before schedule with this melting on this right, right side, because in their prediction, you know, they were showing the melting, the minimum melting like down, way down here, like, you know, in the top part of Greenland, even still in 2020 and 2023 or 25 or something. So this east side is really taking a beating as far as
0: extent. So And did folks see the um the, the footage from uh Torsten um uh from Newark and it shows you know just absolutely open open ocean. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: oh I saw that and I looked up where that was Newark it's down here. Yeah yeah it's on this uh southwest side yeah. of Greenland and that's been melted for weeks now yeah. that's been melted yeah I wasn't surprised when I saw that that picture from him but I was looking today and you can also see the melting that's taking place on Greenland and yeah. I can see my next report is going to have to be on Greenland and what how how it's melting faster than expected and where the glaciers are and things like that because this is this is a huge concern too because this is all fresh water that's gonna that's coming into the oceans and is going to be causing sea level rise in short order so anything else you want to look at here
0: Yeah, I think just going in, you know, zooming in on the area, just sort of around the pole to see what it looks like.
2: Okay, sure. And also here around Greenland, it's where it's really breaking up on this north edge. Um, I was gonna show you something else here. Um, here it is. We can look at, you can see in on this Navy, Then you can really see here where that Greenland ice is really breaking up and and thawing out so we can use this kind of as a guide this is how I do it I use that as a guide and then I go back over here and look to see how it's breaking up What what, what, what,
0: what was the thickness uh before all of this you know like earlier in the season did that Thick ice extend over that far to the eastern side of Greenland, or when you know where you're where where, uh, where you're seeing all the melting and where it's separating off.
2: Right here.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How thick was that ice before that sort of well, disappeared? we
2: can we can look at it. Like when, what date do you want?
0: Well, I mean, just going back a month or two months or something. A month. Like that.
2: Well, yeah. we can look at let's look at July 1st you want to do July like July 1st or so
3: yeah
2: well this would be for July 9th that would be a month ago here it was a month ago
0: oh wow so that's all that thick ice isn't it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: mm-hmm yeah that was so that was this was read on July 1st and it's for July 9th
0: yeah
2: yeah so that's how much it's it's changed in a month and yeah that was part of that thicker ice that was in this blue it was it was about at two meters and then this area was in the red zone that's up here at like above four meters a little tiny bit apart like on right on the coast so not only have we lost extent but we've lost tons of thickness tons of thickness Argo yeah
1: Argo yeah Yeah.
2: this is Valhalla
1: hi Valhalla hey how you doing I'm I'm doing great They have these um websites that we're looking at uh, open to the public, especially the military site. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, are well, they giving them spilling the beans?
2: No, um they say on this site that it's open to the public for research purposes or to just look at and and they they provide this as a service to the public. They do say that okay, on the website. So, so
1: So what happens when the ice drops to, like, very, very extremely? The MSM cannot ignore it anymore, and they're reporting there is very little ice at the North Pole. seems to me that they would be, like, making this, you know, hush-hush, you know, on the QT.
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, I just know that this is a public website. It was hard to get to. It was hard to find. Yeah. And... You know, it was kind of tucked away, and you can look up here. This is not a normal www dot web address. It's www
1: Yeah, and I mean, you'd a, never guess a,
2: this. You'd never guess. There's some this. sort
1: of there's some sort of message that pops up that says that your um, IP is not private or something. It kind of scares me off.
2: Oh well, what popped up for me was it said that it, their their uh, security certificate right. was expired, and did you want to go ahead and and you know it was part of my web browser it blocked it and it said you know there's secure it's this, this HTTPS that's a special um, special kind of. Um, certificate is called a security certificate right and you have to purchase that and keep that up to date every year and it's for um secure websites that for secure information and for passwords and things like that so that so that uh, it's secure yeah
1: a couple weeks ago there was um one polar satellite it was a weather satellite or something and it went down and so, the um, uh, deniers or Manda minimum types uh, were saying that the, they deliberately took it down because it was showing too much um, ice. I don't know if you heard that. That was like three weeks ago. I didn't
2: hear that. I know that on uh, on this other on this on this National Snow and Ice Data Center, they did put up an announcement um back in July saying they were gonna be testing their satellite and so some of the data went, might not be accurate or might be missing. And it was a certain right. time period like between it was around July twelfth or something like that. I did I did announce that, but I didn't see any I didn't see right. hardly any missing data. But they you, did you know, when, it
1: when you zoomed in on, on the actual pictures, not the models, but the pictures that you showed, the mm-hmm. ice all broken up, mm-hmm. that, that pretty much freaked me out. Yeah, that, this that is the real just, deal. Yeah, it's the real deal. A lot of the white that's covering it is um, clouds. Right. So underneath those clouds is broken up ice cubes.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Like right here, that's clouds you can see where i'm moving my pointer that's clouds and you have to kind of learn to read what's clouds and what's not clouds right and one one thing that does help me is i'll go over to climate reanalyzer and look at precipitation and clouds and i it'll there's not much really showing here and i don't really know how to do earth null school everybody says learn how to use that you know i can't figure that out no one's i i just i don't i don't have the patience for it right now i like i like the sites i found and i'm i want to master the sites i found and figure those out as much as possible because we can get a lot of data from this from these certain sites right here and so you can see Like this wavy stuff is clouds, you can see that. And this wavy stuff is clouds, okay? And so we're looking through a lot of clouds. But when you zoom in, you can see through the clouds, you can see the ice edge is right here. That's the ice edge, you see that? Yeah. Yeah, it. It looks like lace. Yeah. And you can see the water, the blue water there.
1: Yeah, you see more water than you see ice. Oh, yeah.
2: I wish yeah, I wish we could get one of these satellite views where it could take out the clouds, where it could filter those out. And we could really get a good view. It would flip us out, I'll bet.
1: I, I think yeah. so. We'd and, probably and be And also. Now, you're you're a big help with me. I mean, I could probably go to these sites myself, but I'm I would be um, off put of being able to analyze it as well as you do, and I appreciate that.
2: Oh, thank it, you. It's helped
1: me. It's helped me a lot to understand the situation. And also, you mentioned last night um, the GLB and the uh, A C uh, model. Mm -hmm. ARC, the the ARC model, mm -hmm.
3: and,
1: uh, you know, I would have never, I wouldn't have even picked up the date.
3: you wouldn't know. You know,
1: where it says, well, where it says Mm 2018-06-14, I I wouldn't have even been able to make sense of that, so, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: you're, big help. Well, thanks.
2: Well, I kind of have an eye for detail, and I was a legal secretary for many years, and Worked in quite a few law offices, and you and know, you got, you got to get an eye for detail for that. Plus, being a musician and you know, recording and stuff I, like that. And I think know,
3: that I,
1: during World War II, they used a lot of women for detail, um, mathematical things, and also looking at um, spy, spy photographs,
3: mm-hmm.
1: reconnaissance. And they had women analysts who could patiently look at the detail.
3: Mm-hmm. That's my
1: problem, patience and not having much of
2: it. Yeah. Well, I've gotten a lot of patience in my older age. Oh, by the way, I look back. Well, I, I think
1: we're about the same age.
2: I'm <laughs> I'm. I the elder here. I'm 64. So I'm the elder. Okay. In my one,
1: so <laughs> well, I'm the I'm the next senior down.
2: <laughs> have you have you taken your early social security? Have you taken retirement uh, yet?
1: No, not yet, but might as well. <laughs> I did. I you took know. it as
2: soon as I could get it because I knew that, that time was short and I yeah. I couldn't face going back out into that rat race. I was I was I was done. Oh, it's just so done. Yes, if
1: you had, just, we hadn't, we wouldn't have you now doing this for us.
2: No, you so, wouldn't. You wouldn't have me so, doing this.
1: Thank, so thank the universe for um, that happening.
2: Well, it was because of health reasons, too. I just couldn't go back to work because of my allergies. I just, I can't go, and I can barely go shopping, you know, and then I have to come and take a shower and decontaminate myself. And
1: decontaminate, stuff. yeah. And, yeah. And that brings up a couple things, if, if you don't mind me bringing it up.
2: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, well, you mentioned the fire is close to you um, in California. And the uh, Oh, it's awful.
2: It's awful.
1: In the particulates. And mixing that in with global dimming, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the global dimming effect.
2: Oh, yeah, I am.
1: Okay. Okay, so that's, that's a lot of dimming and loss of um, sunlight that's going on with the particulate and um, uh, the regular global dimming. And so, but apparently um, it's still temperatures in some areas are extremely high.
2: Well, we've got a and lot a- of surface level ozone too. I mean, the surface level ozone is off the charts it's off the charts in Northern California and over here in Northern Nevada. It's literally off the charts. And that's just – and, and of course, the ozone layer is very thin, and it's thinning around the world because of all this sulfur dioxide going up and chewing it up. And so that's, that's also um, – making things feel hotter and so we're getting more UVC and UVB and stuff like that in and it's it's a mess it's a mess uh, oh it's the
1: biggest oh. it's the biggest chemical experiment the world's ever seen
2: it's awful hey robin look did you do you see this little red line here I found this but, earlier and I wanted to ask you do you have any idea what that is
0: no not the fuckiest clue. <laughs>
2: I'm zoomed in as close as I can go, and uh, certain places, they have these little red lines. I don't know if they're markers or bayous or is that how you say it? I think they do have like markers or some some kind, maybe it's a measuring station or I have no clue what that is.
0: Yeah, it just makes me remember back in 2012, they, they still had cameras there, and you could see, I've got a photograph oh, yeah. on uh, Webcams, all the yeah. uh, melt melt pools, but I think they've all broken down, so you can't see anything.
2: Well, this is right at 88.6 yeah. north latitude. So we're ready to move on. Have y'all seen enough of this ice? Are you ready to move on? I mean, I can leave it up. I can leave it up while we're talking. If that's what you want to look at. If y'all want to look at that, it doesn't matter to me. It's interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, you're oh, gonna I, know.
1: You're gonna, you're gonna know the Arctic better than Reno. <laughs> the way you study it.
2: I know this is crazy. I do want to show you guys um, another thing. Um, I'm gonna pull up this other website. In hot water. Um. Can you see this? I don't know what's coming through. I'm just gonna I'm gonna hop over. What's kinda uh-oh. I'm looking at YouTube to see what's hopping over here. Okay, it's my Arctic sea ice. I have no idea what's going on in the chat or who's over there. Sandy's over there I've got 30 watching over at YouTube um okay I'm gonna get back to what I'm focused on here I'm not going to focus on the chat over at YouTube Um, Robin I do want to go over this this other thing I'm going to share a different screen now hang on a second And this one. This is your blog post about the uh, the disappearance of the old ice in the Arctic, and this is from August the seventh, and where you talk about the discrepancy between the two different models that we discovered. And the reply from Sam Carana, And I'm so happy you were able to get in touch with him and he responded to you. And he said that um, exactly, Robin, good that you figured this out. I've tried to explain it many times to some other people who keep mixing up images made with different models, which causes all kinds of problems. Anyway, the newer model is better, so the measurements for 2018 are good but they cannot be easily compared with some of the older measurements, such as for 2012, cheers, Sam Carina. So that's where you know we were going back and forth looking at these different um, pictures because um, this is the one I, I found in my Arctic Eyes update a few days ago, and it was in that different part of the Navy website And it's from ARC, and that's a different modeling system. And it shows the eyes look much thicker, much thicker. But of course, that's 2012, right? August the 6th of 2012. And then here's August 13th. I mean, August 5th of 2013 from the ARC modeling system. Of course, this is all in that old system. And so. You know we're trying to compare and when I looked at the blog post I'm like well when you got to 2016 I said well that doesn't look like what I've seen for 2016 and I showed you this one and you're like wow that's a lot different and I'm like yeah that's a lot different and it was for the same date, and so that's when you know, we were researching back and forth, and I said, the only way this can happen is if it's two different modeling systems, because it looked like different data, doesn't it?
0: It looks like completely different data. I, mean, I know. I, I still it's don't crazy. get it. Really. No one's and explained.
2: I don't understand the difference in the modeling sets. I mean, on the Navy website, it explains it, but You know, I'm not a climate scientist, and and like I was saying, I think only someone who's working for the Navy and who's archiving in this library of theirs would really understand these data sets. And so, but Sam Caranis said, yes, these are different data sets, and so you can't compare. You have to use one data set or the other. You can't compare um, and get accurate the accurate readings if you're going to use different different data sets. So that's so so I'm going to stick with the GLB, which is the modern data set. That's the one that's that the Navy is using. That they're updating all the time, and that shows the sea ice much thinner down through the years, even. And see, here's Arc, and we can, and this year, that's all that's available to us anyways, the GLB? This is the Global Forecast System, the Global Ocean Forecast System, and but I do want to show this website that you found, and I don't know if this is a website you already knew about.
0: No, I this, just, I just, I just Googled it. Yeah. You know. How did uh, you find that? and this is
2: what I found. Well, I think it's interesting that you found this because here is this Climate Deniers website, um, and they're saying that the Navy is making the sea ice disappear with data, but that's not true. And see, what they're using is the two different modeling sets. And so somebody knew and see, it's from 2017. So somebody knew, somebody had to have known that there were two different modeling sets because you have to go to two different parts of the website to get these images. So whoever put this together and put this article together absolutely knew that it was two different models. Okay. Yeah and then they're trying to say that the navy is cooking the books and trying to make it look like the sea ice went away and all this stuff and so this is this is an example of how there there are websites out there trying to confuse people who who are not scientists and who don't do research and don't know any bit different and don't know any better and they trust a skeptic you know they trust someone who's skeptical who's questioning and on and on and on but you know this is just this is typical of how of how they you know i think it's a government funded website to lead people off the track I don't know I don't know what to think about this but and I've seen other videos where people use like comparison I saw a video recently where this guy was using a comparison with these Navy data sets and it used like four or five years of data and all of them were from the old old data set except for the the most recent one. It was from the new data set. And they were like, oh, look how much is melted this year. So that's what I wanted to show everybody. And I'm done with all of that. I'm done with talking about that. I'm done with thinking about that. So there's that. Is the, Do you have anything else to say about this, Robin, no, or anyone not, else?
0: Not, not, uh, not really. I mean, it still does mystify me. Uh, you know, and I, I'm not. Do they explain why they were changing their, you know, their models?
2: No, they didn't explain it. But apparently, they had a period of overlap where they were. <coughs> They were um, going to the different different modeling, different gathering of the data and where they were doing and analyzing it. And so that's why we have an overlap period for several years. But that would make sense to me because if you're um, a government agency like the Navy or the military, you don't want to jump from one, one different modeling set to another overnight because you want to work out the bugs, you want to make sure of how all the testing and all the entry and analysis, you want to be sure of that before you make the complete switch over. So I can understand that.
0: All I can understand uh, say is really, I really miss uh, Peter Warren's data that he was collecting for Thirty years from from a submarine underneath the ice, because uh, yeah, there was no doubt about any of that, because it's physical.
2: You, I didn't catch all of that. What did you say at the oh, beginning? Well, I mean
0: Peter Wadhams you know, used oh right to go I- I every year, and he was measuring the ice thickness, uh, you know, physically, you know, um,
3: mm-hmm. you know, from
0: a submarine, mm-hmm. and so. You know, you probably didn't need to use any models. He just had the raw data, you know.
2: Right. I sort of right. missed that. Yeah. And you know, it's hard to it's hard to get that anymore. Okay. Does anyone have anything they want to say about this before we move on? I'm gonna pop over.
1: Well anyway. Well, I got I got one last thing to say about it.
2: Okay. Uh, okay, Valhalla.
1: It's just that um, the deniers um, sometimes use these sort of things to say that, um, look, the models are way off or they're using different models. And they basically use this as one of their um, um, weapons against uh, um, climate change to say... Right. ...that they're lying about it, that they have, that they're screwing with the models you know, they're screwing around with the model. Mm-hmm. Right. They're messing with the data. And so that, that to me, I mean, as soon as I hear that, you know, the deniers using that, you know, uh, people believe them. The people believe that, that the models have been screwed with and toyed with and changed. And believe Mhm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. And it, And it's similar to the uh, I think it was the East Anglia email problem where the uh, university, some climate scientists in the UK, they sent Mm -hmm. some um, emails that had some wording, you know, uh, that was a little like we changed some of the stuff. And they jumped on it and tried to say, here, see, there. It it shows that they are manipulating the data.
3: Uh huh.
1: That it's all a bunch of buck. That's my only comment about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well.
3: That's
2: that's what I was trying to point out, too. So,
1: and yeah. I, I'll, I'll make one last comment on that, too. Um, okay, when it comes to the climate deniers who use these Washington K Street um, public relations firms mm-hmm. and uh, other think tanks. They, as far as um, litigating the case and lying about it, they are much, much, in my opinion, um, uh, uh, better than the scientists and others who mm-hmm. gets um, just run all over by people like that, fake Lord Moncton and others who mm-hmm. are good at lying. You know, I look at it like um, the O.J. Simpson case where he just had really good lawyers who mm-hmm. were able to confuse the jury and all that and get O.J. off when he did it, you know, just using tactics. But anyway, yeah. oh, well.
2: Yeah, and it's so hard to know the truth and to sort through, and right. it's a full-time job. I mean, and I I have to sort through everything before I present it. You know, and it's it's hard. And people send me stuff all the time. It's like, well, I can't really use that because, you know, that that's not, doesn't, that, that doesn't sound right, doesn't feel right. And then I start doing the research and sure enough, it's not right. So.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it's general talking points that climate change deniers use over and over all the time, such as. Um the scientists are trying are getting paid off or they're trying to get research grants and things like that that and other things that they use over and over. You see on all kinds of websites. Um that's just talking for us. They're just parroting it
2: and right. they're,
1: they're successful at it. People want to believe it. Unfortunately. Right.
2: Yeah. And people it's hard for them to think, and it's hard for them to, to discern, and it's overwhelming. All of this is overwhelming, especially yeah. when you come to the realization about really how awful things are.
1: The implications, the implications are not good.
2: They're this, very not um, good. They're definitely not good. Um, okay, I'm gonna
0: taking s- the comments, s- um, uh, Margaret. What? Are you, are you checking the comments? I'm checking.
2: Um, G7, your comments are not helpful over here. They're really not helpful. So you're being removed, goodbye. G7.
5: How do we make comments?
2: Huh? Who's that? Did
5: you hear that? Uh, my name is Marshall. I'm in Port Townsend. I'm hi, Marshall. I'm, How are you? Hi. Oh,
2: are you just One called in I, on the phone?
5: Yes, I did. But I'm, I'm looking at the computer also, and I just turned the computer down. One thing I'd really like to say is Robin has been unbelievable. I, I've been watching him. He has educated me. I've been glued to him for five years, six years—I don't, I've lost track. And I just want to thank him for his sight and and all the things he's done to educate me. And and of course you, but you know, like he got me going, and I'm just. Uh, can't say enough about him. And I, I hope he's well. I, I want to try to help him out with his health <laughs> problems. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, and, and listen, and I guess I just answered my own question. I mean, how do I make a comment?
0: Anyway, thank you very much for your kind words. Yeah, thank you,
2: Marshall. And I agree, Robin is just an amazing guy. And your blog and the way you just, you present the truth. And it's all about power to the truth, Robin. Seriously, it's all about that. And I'm so happy to have met you and that we teamed up together. And it's... um. You know, I just it 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 makes this quest and this journey a lot more tolerable to have someone like you in my corner and helping and you know, you're a rock. You're absolutely a rock and I really appreciate you too.
0: Well all we can ever say is that we're speaking the truth as we see it, you know.
2: hmm That's None of right.
0: Us. Monopoly on the truth. Right, so. right. We're, right. we're,
1: we're right. all in your corner, Margo. Thank I, you. I, in fact, I've, I've gone on other websites or other YouTube channels and you know said, "Hey, yeah, you people need to check out Margo.
2: <laughs> well, thank I went you, on
1: Kevin. Kevin's channel, you know, and you know tried to tell him so. Uh, I, I think you're great doing a paying up job. Keep, keep well. Keep up.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Okay, I'm going to change the picture. that I'm I'm working. I'm working at it. Um, I'm going to change the picture that we're sharing. Uh, What do you all want to look at while we talk about the next stuff? Because we're going to get serious. We're going to go into a serious area now. Um, What do you want to look at? You tell me.
1: Well, what do you got, Margo?
2: What have (laughs) I got? (laughs) Oh
1: I what have you got to look at?
2: You name it. I got it. I can I can find it. I've got things ready. Okay, so
1: we're talking about like methane or
2: you want to look at methane? I've got methane ready. Yeah, why not?
1: I mean I'm okay with it. I've
2: got cams ready. Oh, oh, I've got ozone. People want to see ozone. I think.
1: Okay, I'm cool with that.
2: And we can we can be switching back and forth. Um, now, let me go back here.
3: And I've got to
2: share my screen again. And here we go. All right. This is surface level ozone in North America. And I'll just get this movie started. I'll get it rolling. And you can look at it. And um, the next thing we're going to talk about now is, I've got to pull my document up here. Let me find my folder we're gonna. it's called climbing the ladder of awareness has anyone heard of this this document or this idea of climbing the ladder of awareness
1: uh, no okay <laughs> bring it on
2: okay this was sent to me by one of my YouTube subscribers Um uh uh what's his name? Uh I get a I get a brain fart when I'm on the spot. Um I can't remember his YouTube name, but anyway, so oh spreading rumors. This came from spreading rumors and it actually was presented on the Guy McPherson um on his forum. The first place I ever saw it, and I don't know if Guy McPherson or McPherson, however you say it, was the first one to come up with these five stages of coming to awareness, but it's really interesting. It's really good, and so this is climbing the ladder of awareness, so I'm just going to read through it, and then we can go around the room and talk about kind of what stage we're at and how we're dealing with things. And if you're stuck in one one level or another, like in despair or not knowing what to do and and things like that, because this is, this is the next step. The first step is knowing what's going on. And then the next step is what are you going to do? What are you going to do with knowing all of this? Because it's a huge burden. Okay, so climbing the ladder of awareness. When it comes to our understanding of the unfolding global crisis, each of us seems to fit somewhere along a continuum of awareness that can be roughly divided into five stages. The first stage is dead asleep. At this stage, there seems to be no fundamental problems, just some shortcomings in human organization, behavior, and morality that can be fixed. With the proper attention to rulemaking, people at this stage tend to live their lives happily with occasional outbursts of annoyance around election times or the quarterly corporate earnings seasons. And I think we know that most of the people that we know are in that first category. I think we can all agree that most of the people that we just come into contact with in our daily world are dead asleep. Okay, Uh, stage two is awareness of one fundamental problem, whether it's climate change, overpopulation, peak oil, chemical pollution, oceanic overfishing, biodiversity loss, corporatism, economic instability, or socio-political injustice, one problem seems to engage the attention completely. People at this stage tend to become ardent activists for their chosen cause. They tend to be very vocal about their personal issue and blind to any others. And we all know people like that. Stage three is awareness of many problems. As people let in more evidence from different domains, the awareness of complexity begins to grow. At this point, a person worries about the prioritization of problems in terms of their immediacy and degree of impact. People at this stage may become reluctant to acknowledge new problems. For example, someone who is committed to fighting for social justice and against climate change may not recognize the problem of resource depletion. They may feel that the problem space is already complex enough and the addition of any new concerns will only dilute the effort that needs to be focused on solving the highest priority problem. Stage four is awareness of the interconnections between the many problems. This is where you're connecting the dots. The realization that a solution in one domain may worsen a problem in another marks the beginning of large so large-scale system-level thinking it also marks the transition from thinking of the situation in terms of a set of problems to thinking of it in terms of a predicament at this point the possibility that there may not be a solution begins to raise its head People who arrive at this stage tend to withdraw into tight circles of like-minded individuals in order to trade insights and deepen their understanding of what's going on. These circles are necessarily small, both because personal dialogue is essential for this depth of exploration and because there just aren't very many people who have arrived at this level of understanding. And I, I think that A lot of people in in this you know in the discovering of these these things you know this is kind of the level that they're at in these communities and this is why we need to come together in dialogue and then the final stage is step five awareness that the predicament encompasses all aspects of life this includes everything we do how we do it, our relationships with each other, as well as our treatment of the rest of the biosphere in the physical planet. At this realization, the floodgates open and no problem is exempt from consideration or acceptance. The very concept of a solution is seen through and cast aside as a waste of effort. For those who arrive at stage five, there is a real risk that depression will set in. After all, we've learned throughout our lives that our hope for tomorrow lies in our ability to solve problems today. When no amount of human cleverness appears able to solve our predicament, the possibility of hope can vanish like the light of a candle flame to be replaced by the suffocating darkness of despair. How people cope with despair is, of course, deeply personal. But it seems to me there are two general routes that people take to reconcile themselves with the situation. These are not mutually exclusive, and most of us will operate out of some mix of the two. I identify them here as general tendencies because people seem to be drawn more to one or to the other. I call them the outer path and the inner path. And this, I'm still reading the document, so this I is whoever wrote the document. If one is inclined to choose the outer path, concerns about adaptation and local resilience move into the foreground, as exemplified by the transition network and permaculture movement to those on the outer path, community building, and local sustainability initiatives will have great appeal. Organized party politics seems to be less attractive to people at this stage, however. Perhaps politics is seen as part of the problem, or perhaps is just seen as a waste of effort when the real action will take place at the local level. If one is disinclined to choose the outer path, either because of temperament or circumstance, The inner path offers its own set of attractions. Choosing the inner path involves reframing the whole thing in terms of consciousness, self-awareness, and or some form of transcendent perception. For someone on this path, it's seen as an attempt to manifest Gandhi's message, become the change you wish to see in the world on the most profoundly personal level. This message is similarly expressed in the ancient hermet- hermetic saying as above so below or in plain language in order to heal the world first begin by healing yourself. However, the inner path does not imply a retreat into religion. Most of the people I've met who have chosen an inner path have as little use for traditional religion as their counterparts on the outer path have for traditional politics. Organized religion is usually seen as part of the predicament rather than a valid response to it. Those who have arrived at this point have no interest in hiding from or easing the painful truth. Rather, they wish to create a coherent coherent personal context for it Personal spirituality of one sort or or another often works for this, but organized religion rarely does. It's worth mentioning that there is also the possibility of a serious personal difficulty at this point. If someone cannot choose an outer path for whatever reason, and is also resistant to the idea of inner growth or spirituality as a response to the crisis of an entire planet, then they are truly in a bind. There are few other doorways out of this depth of despair. If one remains stuck here for an extended period of time, life can begin to seem awfully bleak, and violence against either the world or oneself may begin to seem like a reasonable option. Keep a watchful eye on your own progress, and if you encounter someone else who may be in this state, please offer them a supportive ear. From my observations, each successive stage contains roughly a tenth of the number of people as the one before it. So while perhaps 90% of humanity is in stage one, who is dead asleep, Less than one person in 10,000 will be at stage five, and none of them are likely to be politicians. The number of those who have chosen the inner path at stage five also seems to be an order of magnitude smaller than the number who are on the outer path. I happen to have chosen an inner path as my response to a stage five awareness. It works well for me, but navigating this intermittent transition shift metamorphosis call it what you will will require all of us no matter what our chosen paths to cooperate on making wise decisions in difficult times and that's the end of the document so I found that really helpful to explain what we're going through because really you know we're, we're, we're in no man's land. We're in uncharted territory. We're at the end of an age, and at the end of, we're in the sixth mass extinction. And to think of the end of life, the end of human species, uh, human life, the human race, the all the species on the planet, maybe the, all life, in creation you know it's hard it's hard to grasp and it's hard to fathom and as you're coming up the ladder you have you have challenges and you have i I call it pulling off the belief reality cap and it opens your consciousness up to more awareness of, the, of your world and understanding what's going on. And as this happens, you have to reframe your belief system. And it's hard to do because you have to let go of all the things that you used to think. And now it's like, okay, now what am I going to think? Now what's going on? And it's... It's, it's you're invested, you're invested in a belief system, you're invested in what, who you are, you know, in your family, in your job, and, you know, but we're so much more than that, we're not these physical bodies, we're not our jobs, we're not our relationships, we are consciousness, and how do we get to that, and, you know, how do you get ready to exit? how do you get ready to let go of this existence and this is where i want to take this group you know in in these days and weeks and maybe months that we have yet to go i want us to start focusing on these levels and yeah it's good to see the data and it helps us know where we're at time wise but we we need to go beyond it because we're being hypnotized by the outside and we want to go inner, inwardly. And I know for me, I, I thought, well, I'm just going to go on an inward path. But then I, you know, I interviewed Guy McPherson over a year ago was my first interview with him. That changed my life a whole lot. And then, um, I knew we were we were screwed at that point, but I didn't know exactly when it was going to end. And, you know, life keeps going. And then this spring, you know, I went into another phase of the total acceptance and, you know, past stage five. And what am I going to do? And then I discovered CAMS and figured out how to use it, and I thought, well, this information needs to be out there, and I started doing these videos. And so now I've taken this outer path along with the inner path to help help people along. And I also offer uh, coaching sessions to help people if they're really stuck, if they're really depressed, if they don't know what to do, if it's hard to just get through the day. You know, sometimes it's just good to just have someone one-on-one to talk to. So, you know, I'm focusing on that now along with doing these shows and, you know, just kind of keeping people in the loop with what's going on. And this is a journey together. And so that's how I see it. So I'm going to open up the floor now to whatever people want to talk about where they're at in this stage. Does that make sense? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So whoever wants to start. We can talk about where you're at in these stages. Well,
1: well, one thing that people don't talk about a lot is fear. And being
3: scared,
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know. And they they talk about being depressed or mm-hmm. lost or worrying about their kids or whatever, but they don't talk about you know, just the fear of it, you know, the whole experience of being scary. Mhm.
2: And fear is from not knowing, not knowing what's what's mm-hmm. coming up, you know. And when I was studying hypnosis. And and I have um I have training in clinical hypnotherapy and my my specialty when I went through the training was stress management. And when when you're talking about fear, it's because of we don't know. It's the fear of the unknown. And and if you know what's ahead, then you can you can kind of prepare for it. And so the mind yes. wants to fill in the gaps. You know, it wants to fill in the gaps. The conscious mind wants answers. It's wants wants to not have, leave anything left to doubt or chance or the unknown, and so it's going to try and fill in the gaps over and over and over again. And um, it just, um, when it can't do it, it has a it has a conundrum. And so it goes it goes into this dichotomy mode, and um, that's where the fear comes in. But yeah, fear is a big one, Marshall. I was that Marshall or Valhalla that said that. Uh, Valhalla. Valhalla. Okay, I didn't know. I couldn't well, recognize it, the voice. But go ahead.
1: Uh, and an analogy I like to use—it probably won't ring with most people—but like the soldiers landing on Normandy Beach or Iwo Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that before the landing, everybody was hyped up and anxious and scared. And then once the um, boat ramps went down, you just went into it and you, you were just dealing with it. And really, probably the fear probably went away
3: mm-hmm. or lessened.
1: You were you were dealing with what was in front of you, which was people trying to kill you.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um. the
1: anxiety before the anxiety before the event is really high I know it mm-hmm. is for me
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it's always like that whenever I want to do something scary
3: mm-hmm. I'm very
1: anxious before it happens but when it's happening the fear pretty much goes away
3: mm-hmm.
2: right because you're in the moment fear is yeah. it comes about because you're thinking about the future. You're not in the moment. And so one of the things right. like they talk about it, you know, in Zen meditation and things like that, you just focus on what's inwardly. And one, one, a good way to one of the best things to do is just focus on your breath because you've got to breathe. Just bring yeah. your attention back to your breath and just notice your breathing in and out. In and out. And that's, that's how I start with all of my clients, you know, to do hypnosis. You just take three deep breaths and just focus on your breath in and out, in and uh, out. Another thing,
1: another thing that I do for me personally, you know, when I've spent too much time looking at abrupt climate change videos and documents and articles, I, I take a break and I go off to something completely different. Mm-hmm. Maybe like you know, YouTube, watch a movie or whatever,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and just try to get my mind off of it, try to chill out, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you can only, you can only take so much stress and there right. no doubt, doubt can be stressful.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and I guess that's why a lot of us are here, you know, is, is that this stress is in us, and we're trying to talk to everybody else and see how everybody else is feeling. And yeah. I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not afraid to tell you that sometimes I get scared.
2: Oh, yeah, I know. I agree. It's very scary. And what are you scared of the most?
1: I'm, I'm scared of um, a collapse of society and people, basically a fire in a madhouse. And my neighbors going crazy and you know doing that sort of thing scares me the most
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, without getting I don't want to get too graphic or anything but that, that's probably a little too graphic and probably a little bit too much because I know that that guy McPherson is every lecture I've seen him do people will ask about well, how, how um extinction going to happen mm-hmm. and my opinion he really doesn't um, give the gory details no he, he, doesn't, he doesn't
2: go into it no
1: he, he, he just says you know he's starving you're gonna go hungry you're, you know lack of water stuff like that but he doesn't get into the real I mean there's seven point I mean when I think about it 7.5 billion people to zero that kind of boggles my mind mm-hmm and, but we don't know how long this is going to take, but still, it took us um, a couple hundred thousand years to get to 7.5 billion,
3: and then we're mm-hmm. going to go to
1: 7.5 billion to zero in maybe a decade. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, it's fast, isn't it? So where, yeah. where would you say you are um, in this, or would you say you're at the five? I would say most oh, yeah. people yeah, in I, my group are at five and then they're just trying to do de- having to figure out how they're going to deal with life right?
1: Yes yeah, so I'm, I'm at five but, but without you said at the beginning of the show not to go into opium um, but I reserve a tiny 0.1 percent for that black swan.
2: Yeah yeah.
1: Which, which I find you know, there's no now. I don't hold any hope out for it, but I was surprised they said that the peak oil was going to happen in 2012. Gasoline would be twenty dollars a gallon, and that that didn't happen. And they the economic well, well, what we didn't count on, like the 2007 economic collapse, was they were going to print up tons of money, and so they could stall it out for quite a while. Right. Everybody was looking for a depression in 2007. Well, it didn't happen um i think there might be a tiny 0.1 chance that an unlikely a, a very unlikely event could happen maybe space aliens you know that's unlikely
3: Hmm.
1: but it's not anything i'm holding any hope whatsoever out for
2: right right
1: uh I would just have to do what I did with when I talked about peak oil and the economic collapse to look, you know, people go, Well, you were wrong about that.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well
2: you know, they're gonna keep things going as long as they can, I think. Yes. Because I think they know that the end is near and um, they're just gonna keep it going. That's yeah, that's
1: this, what this I is think. A whole- this is a whole different um, bag of worms compared to the peak oil and the um, economic collapse. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this is not just a matter of just printing up more money and, and stuff, or for the gas, oil, uh, fracking, doing some little tricks to, to extend and pretend, you know. But yeah, they, maybe they're, like you say, they're going to keep it going. And, and I've thought that as far as it looks to me, they're they're just gonna have business as usual until it suddenly falls apart.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think And I wake
1: up I wake up every day thinking see, the first thing I do when I wake up is to see if the power is on. If my <laughs> alarm clock is on yeah if the power is off the, the first or when the, when the internet every time my internet i have the internet going down a lot i think oh this yeah. is it without losing yeah. the internet connection but it's yeah. not well so i try yeah. to keep that in mind
2: right does anyone else want to comment about what stage they're at and how they're dealing with things um looks like
1: well i might say something else
2: okay yeah go ahead you're the only it's, one it's probably, you know, it's, that's fine you're it's the one, probably one
1: I, well i'm 62 and never really drank my whole life that um, yeah. wasn't just the climate change that got me started drinking but it was like half of i had some personal problems that and so I started drinking about a year ago to kind of numb this up, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it's not a good thing. I mean, that's not anything I'm recommending. Right. You know, but uh, I think it's possible that, um, well, I shouldn't even say this, but, you know, it's kept me alive.
2: Yeah. It was a coping mechanism for you, it sounds coping, like. Coping,
1: yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's exactly right, Marco. That's exactly what it was, I and mean, I'm probably, you know, if right now if I thought there was a future, I would be going to AA. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it looks kind of pointless to me. To yeah. Do
2: that.
1: And I'm not drinking all that much. I mean, it takes me a week to go to a bottle. Right. But when I get a certain amount of anxiety, you know, I, I take a, you know shot. Right. Chill.
2: Yeah. Well, for me, I want to be as aware as possible. And you know, I my I try and stay as my body as clean as possible. Um, you know, I want to I want to be aware, I want to know what's going on, I want That's a clear good. mind, I want to be able to discern. I do a lot of prayer. Um I know that article said, you know, organized religion, you know, people go away from that. Some people go deeper into their beliefs because it does give them a support system. And um, for me, um, I have a real strong personal relationship and connection with Jesus and with the angelic realm.
3: Yeah.
2: And... Um, I, I haven't had that all my life. I mean, that came about in the last four years, and it's it's you know I that's just the way I I operate. But I'm not part of organized religion, and I don't go to church, and I don't sit around reading the Bible all the time. But I do. I pray a lot, and I I have communication and. I ask, and if I get worried or, or if I don't know what to do, I just go into prayer and I ask, and I'm guided. And what another thing that is helpful is to, like Guy talks about, is realizing that we're there's very little that we're in control of. There's very little, yeah. And one of the prayers that I say is to ask for things to happen for my highest good and the highest good of everyone involved in the whole situation. And I I say that prayer for all of the every all the inhabitants, you know, I, I say that prayer for the earth, I say for for everybody and um, for the highest good for the whole situation, whatever it is because we don't know how things are going to play out. You know, we don't know what the big plan is. We don't know how it's, we, we know we're in trouble. And, but we, we can't plan for every eventuality. And, and, but we can, the one thing we do have control over is how we react to things. And, you know, just take a step back. When you start feeling that anxiety, just take a step back and remember to breathe. And if you need to get distracted, go watch a movie. I watch a lot of old TV series. I watch sci-fi. I watch comedy. I watch, I watch stupid stuff just to get my mind off of things because otherwise, you can't be thinking about this 24/7 and worrying about if someone's going to come in and and rob you and kill you and stuff like that. And if they do, you know, not much you can do about it anyway, because we're we're uh, we're we're going down. We're going down.
1: And and now that now that you mention that, there there is a movie, Australian movie, made in like 2015, The Final Hours. Right, I got died. that.
2: I, I I tried watching it. Came in this week. I can't watch it, Valhalla. It was too violent for me.
1: Oh well, it gets it gets better in the end. He does what you say.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I might fast here, forward that, through the beginning he, then and try it again. He
1: he he, he accepts, the, you know, the certainty of death and everybody, and he does the right thing and like he saved that little girl and all that, you know. So you might want to skip the boundaries. Other scenes where there's this huge party and Mm -hmm. people are partying. Right. Uh, But I I think that 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 movie may have a lot of um, uh, truth to to what may happen for real. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Even though there are some – actually, I didn't think it was all that. I don't, I'm surprised. I, I guess there was, you know, a scene where a guy jumped in a car with a knife, you know, um, but there wasn't that much violence in it. Well, he, he yeah. had to beat up the biggest hole, too. So yeah, there, girl, was,
2: girl. there was quite a bit right at the very beginning. I didn't make it yeah. past the beginning, so.
1: Like, okay, I, we'll skip that part. It gets, it gets I will. Done.
2: Okay. Well, I bought it. I'm going to watch it then, but I'll skip over that part.
1: That's probably the most violent part of that part. Of
2: okay, all right. Well, thanks for giving me the heads up on that. Sure. Yeah.
1: Here to help.
3: <laughs> I, um, I, I
1: just, you know, I was like that when I was younger. I was a very altruistic person, and that got mm-hmm. beaten out of me, and yeah. it became the opposite.
2: Yeah. Another yeah. thing. Uh, another thing um i was thinking about you know sometimes we get so lost in despair and feeling like you know there's no point in doing anything you know might as well just lay in bed or whatever but we really need to stick with a daily routine you know you get up you you know brush your teeth wash your face make your food make your bed do a certain amount of chores you know and, and that'll make you feel better if you need to get out of the house, you know, go see some go out just to get, you know, get a different different perspective, a different environment. Yeah. If you have someone close that you can talk to, talk to them. Um, but keep a routine is one thing. Another thing is make sure that you're eating. Um, eating as good as you can, and, you know, not skipping meals unless you're trying to skip meals. But me, me, I'm down to eating once a day. That's all I can eat and and process and digest anymore. My body has just gone through lots of changes. But um, that's the exception. But, you know, eat healthy, get some kind of exercise every day. Um, I have a little mini trampoline that I jump on and do a workout almost every day, and I notice a difference on the days that I don't do the workout, and, um, you know, tend to, you know, personal, personal needs and things, and tend to others around you and your animals and other people, and you know, just keep that routine. And that's, that's a semb- semblance of normalcy because yeah. you need a balance. Because if you're on the internet all the time and hypnotized by all the data, it's like you forget to eat, you forget to wash the dishes, you forget to bathe, and you know, and all this stuff. And it's like the next thing you know, you're going down the tubes. And
1: yeah,
2: it's a, it's a you don't want to go. And we- get there but it's easy it's easy to do
1: and we need need as many sane people as possible do what i said we need as many sane people as possible
2: absolutely
1: absolutely to to guide the people people who might be stumbling here and there Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you're depressed know that there's a reason for that i mean there there's definitely a reason to be depressed but move forward and recognize it acknowledge it and say yeah um, things are changing and and we're also going to be noticing changes in our bodies because our health is going to be failing as the as the atmosphere gets more toxic the air is more toxic we're going to be reacting and you know know that that's going to be part of it too you're not going to be jumping around and feeling great if if you got methane levels so high and ozone levels so high and you can't breathe because of the wildfire smoke i mean you know health it will be failing and that's part that's recognize that too and he there there are different kinds of healing not just physical healing and um i've been wanting to mention this too like i i'm a holistic life coach i also got certification in green living coaching but it was funny when i went through the green living coaching certification after that i got really heavy into the climate change and i realized you know everything was so toxic it's it's like you can't you can't get into take anything nothing is pure anymore and and since we're yeah you can you can eat as hell as organic as possible because it's got fewer toxins in it than if you had stuff that wasn't organic but you're still going to be you can't get away from the poisons and and You know, it's that's kind of why I got away from doing implant removal and doing a lot of trying to heal, healing with people, because I realized the healing is going to need to take place on an emotional and spiritual level and mental level, because there's no healing of this 3D reality. You know, it's broken, it's broken and we're broken and we're the walking dead really we're we're already we're dying at a at a faster rate and we're just we're just walking around in these bodies the bodies are moving around but i you know they're dying at a very fast rate and you know you can recognize that and accept it for what it is and say yeah that's part of this cycle and honor it and thank your body for serving you and and move on and be ready for the next next experience.
1: Yeah, like getting a new car.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I <laughs> I'd like a, I'd like a new body. I, I mean, this body's falling apart. I don't talk about it. I don't talk about my physical problems, but, you know. I don't feel great most of the time, but I'm here and I'm doing the work.
1: Yeah, but you're you're pr- pretty um, productive putting out these videos.
2: Well, it's one thing I can do. I focus on what I can do and not what I can't do. And that's right. another thing that you want to do as, you know, if, if you find an area that you can't do anymore or... Um, you know, your health starts failing, um, you know, look at things that you can do, because we have many gifts and talents that that lie hidden, and, you know, all you have to do is take that belief reality cap off and open up, and be you, know, you can be guided to all kinds of new areas of what you can do. You know,
1: I, I wanted to mention something I saw somebody say in the comments that it basically you know, all the unaware um, level one people out there, you know, that you mentioned mm-hmm. the word level, mm-hmm. uh, what, what is the word? Well, that you go dead, dead is sleep. Insane. Okay. But I wonder how many look at me and think I'm one of the ones asleep. sleep. <laughs> you know,
2: it doesn't matter, yeah, you know, once you get You'll get to a certain point where you just don't give a shit what people think. You it won't <laughs> matter. It won't matter what anybody thinks about you because you're solid in who you are and where you are where you are at with things. Yeah. It won't matter.
1: Well, I try I try
2: not to worry about too much what people think. Yeah, well, that's good. Hey, I've got I've got um, column level ozone up here and I wanted you to look look at the screen look at that hole that's developed over Greenland that's new you see that
1: no I I guess the screen is stuck let me try that again or go to to your uh, yeah I see it now
3: you see it
1: yes
2: that's crazy yeah, ozone is being chewed up and spit out. This is the good ozone. It's yep. just where I'm seeing holes just popping up everywhere. And look at the South Pole. Look, I mean, it's, it's not good. It's just not good. You see that blue purple coming in.
1: Yeah, at the very bottom.
2: That's 200 Dobson units. That's very thin.
1: Well, Antarctica is probably not a good place to get a suntan.
2: Well, they're in the dark right now.
1: Yes, that's true. Forgot about that. It's
2: yeah, Antarctica it's, it's There's no daylight down there for another few weeks.
1: Well, another reason that to be a bad place to get a suntan. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: hard to get a suntan down there right now. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of what I wanted to go over today. Does anyone else have anything else they want to talk about? I'm going to. I'm going to hop over to YouTube and see what's going on. Sandy scared some ladies today. Hi. Hi, Sandy.
1: Yeah, she's well equipped to do that. <laughs> I mean, what she—I mean, what she says because she comes out and just says it. I'm—I'm—I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a bit more reticent to to say, hey, we're all doing, you know, um,
3: yeah, the oil
1: companies are killing us. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm very reticent to, to say that to, yeah. to people. I, I don't even—I don't even really even talk about this with like my extended family and stuff like that. Yeah it's Um, not well the reason why i don't is because i don't want them to hate me
2: yeah
1: you know and if i go to a family birthday party or something you know yeah you know he every time he comes over here he brings up this this terrible news we don't want to be around them you know
2: yeah Turn down the sound on on the YouTube. Yeah. because we got some yeah. feedback coming through.
1: Already.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, um, it looks like Hotusaki wants to know the UV uh, reading in the Antarctic. Um, it's not good, Hotusaki. It's between 200 and 225 Dobson units for most of the Antarctic. It's between 200
1: and 225 Dobson units for
2: most of the Antarctic. Yeah, I'm still hearing some feedback. Um, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's not me. I got everything shut down. Well, it
2: might be someone else. Let me see but
1: well, what did you say it was 200 tops in unit square
2: in the Antarctic or the South in the pole. Antarctic mm-hmm. that's two millimeters. Well
1: okay on, on the flip side where is it good at
2: good where is it good
1: yeah
3: um
2: yeah. well you can see it's running right now um in the southern hemisphere you can see the yellow and the orange and the golden colors that's thicker so those are good and red is good this is the good ozone that we're showing this is total column level ozone and so you see the scale down there it goes from yellow like the solid yellow is 325 and then it goes up to gold and up into the red, so you can see that, right? That's yes. in the southern hemisphere. Oh my gosh! Look at that purple over um, over that West Antarctic Peninsula. That's really spreading out there. Now it's okay. So this was the good.
1: You said this was the good ozone.
2: Right. And
1: so this is the, the ozone, ozone that we want. That that ozone is mostly destroyed by cfc's chlorophorocarbon.
2: Right. And sulfur dioxide and
1: sulfur dioxide, yes.
2: Nuclear plants. Nuclear and plants. plants.
1: hmm And and I, I mentioned this earlier in the comments. Did you hear, Margot, that Russia sold two floating uh nuclear plants to um bangladesh
2: no that's awful
1: <laughs> that's the craziest thing I like ever they heard need before.
2: that what's what's bangladesh right. gonna do with those
1: well they're wanting to bring bangladesh into modern you know uh first not first but maybe second world uh, but it's
3: aren't they crazy. underwater they, they
1: have a yeah they, they constantly have monsoons and flooding, and they put floating nuclear plants there.
2: Jesus. So, Valhalla, have you seen, uh, let's talk movies, let's talk sci-fi movies. I love talking about sci-fi movies that tell the truth. Have you ever seen The 13th Floor?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Uh, oh, you need, you need to see that.
2: You need to see that get it from the library, get it off Netflix or something, but that's, that's a must watch. Um, that's about, um, um, this guy who goes into this computer simulation and is able to go, I mean, it's, it's, he's able to go in and experience in the computer simulation, uh, whatever the program is. And, um, Anyway, it's really cool. 13th floor and uh, well.
1: I don't I don't want to because this is so complicated and kind of off topic. I don't want to go into it, but it's the uh, simulation hypothesis uh, proposed by Bostrom and a lot of people are familiar with it, but it kind of takes what our topic is off topic. Since yeah, topic,
2: that's uh, true
1: that 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 is that that we're living in a simulation. And but this, kind of this
2: but what I also see as with with the climate falling apart and everything, it could be a symptom of the simulation falling apart. It can be a, sim- well, a symptom or, of
1: all of that too. See, we're looking at the, 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 the ARC and the GLB climate models.
2: Those uh-huh. are computer
1: simulations. Right, They we are. We're in a computer simulation to see what happens you know, what Bostrom called um, ancestor simulation,
3: mm-hmm. where
1: um, they set up a, a, a simulation to see what their ancestors did, you know, and put in certain inputs, kind of like the game, Civil Now, this is taken seriously. Uh, Elon Musk um, said that it's one in a billion chance that we are not in a simulation. That's what Elon you know, Musk said. Well, he's that's wh- that's with,
2: what he wants people to think.
1: Well, that that could be. I mean, I think he's a bit crazy, a bit loony.
2: Yeah, he looks <laughs> crazy.
1: I mean, he put a Tesla up in space. You know, yeah. Done a lot of crazy stuff, and he um, sold a um, flamethrower, you know, to be, for people to buy. And he's talking about this and. The the, um, Hyperloop is insane. Uh, Thunderfoot's already um, debunked that. I don't know if you're familiar with Thunderfoot.
2: No, not really.
1: Thunderfoot is a working scientist, kind of like pothole work. He's a working scientist, and um, he does a bunch of different videos on different things. But he debunked, uh, he also debunked um, Elon Musk's plan to use rockets as terrestrial space or flight Instead of boarding a plane, you would board a rocket because it would be faster. Okay. And, and that was pretty easy to pump because a rocket is a bomb. It's got a huge amount of fuel. That, that's why at, at these launches, people are miles away because when these things blow, they blow like a small atomic bomb. And, he's, and, and Elon Musk was talking about using his biggest rocket, the BFR, or, yeah, big fucking rocket. Yeah, <laughs> The biggest rocket. And he said that's never going to go. People are not. He said that, that boarding a commercial air flight, you have like one in a hundred thousand chance of getting hurt. On a rocket, it's like one in a hundred and fifty.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So Elon Musk was proposing a lot of insane um, ideas. Yeah. Including the one of going to Mars.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: But on the other hand, he's made a ton of money, so he's not a dumb guy, but maybe well, you know, no. you know.
2: anyway. he's <laughs> Well, we've been at this for almost two hours, so I'd like to kind of wrap this up, if unless anyone else has anything else to say or anything to cover.
1: Uh, well are you going to have another one of these campfire chats?
2: yeah i'm planning on having these every two weeks is this
1: and is so, this
3: a good thing so we're going to update
1: we're going to update on these arctic map, maps to see if there's any possibility at all that the ice may increase which we all kind of doubt but
2: oh i'm going to do i'm going to be doing arctic sea ice updates every two or three days through this melt season, I—I I was yeah. telling Robin, this is like working in an accountant's office during tax season. I mean, it's just round yeah. the clock, <laughs> trying to keep yeah. up with everything. It's just round the clock, yeah. and I—it's, you know, you don't even get any sleep because you just want to—you're watching the next the next data coming in so yeah i'll be doing the arctic sea updates every two to three days i'll be doing a at least um the climate cast for worldwide was showing all the levels of methane and ozone and all that like every five to eight days and then the um the uh campfire chats every two weeks so i'm just you know, okay, Thursdays. every two weeks So the next one. Yeah, it'll be in two so weeks. two weeks from now. Mhm. We'll just plan on that. That seems to work for the me. Soap
1: offer of this planet.
2: Yeah, and then we can get caught up on what's going on, and if people have issues they want to talk about, you know, we sure. can go there. Yeah. So the next one will be uh, August twenty third.
1: August twenty third.
2: Yeah, because today's the night. I think
1: sounds like a I plan, Margot. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, Valhalla, I've so enjoyed speaking with you and hearing your voice, and yeah. you know, I've seen your comments Great all over you. the place, and yeah. and um, I want to thank everybody who's come today to join us, either. Calling in or in the chat or live and or, or um and uh, I don't know if Robin is still here. Robin, are you still online with us? He's kind of grayed out. He might be offline. So eight one two. Thank you for calling in and joining us today. Thank you, everyone. Over here on shoe and over on YouTube, I love all you guys and, you know, just stay strong. Time is short and time to get your spiritual houses in order, whatever that means for you. And, and we will God be together,
1: together again.
2: We will. We will. So we'll be back in two weeks for a campfire chat. And in the meantime, go in peace. God bless everyone and goodbye.
5: Bye. So, bye bye. So very much.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Marshall. Bye bye. Bye, Valhalla. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. It
4: was bye. really bye. to hear oh, all your Sandy's voices. back.
2: Bye. Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. Oh, I've been here the
4: whole time, pretty much with everybody in the. Uh, um, the chat over there in... You uh, were in you both chats. Read, yeah. yeah, but then that idiot came in on the talk Oh, show. on talk I
2: couldn't yeah. get rid of him. and
4: I See, know. They had, mo-
2: had to close it. I had to... I closed it to registered users yeah. and moderators. So that's yeah. what I'm going to do in the future because, okay. you know, we don't need... We just don't need crap yeah. like that. And what he doesn't know is talk records all of these chats and that's in the archives, and mm-hmm. if I report him to talk to you, they'll have his IP address and everything, and they can track him Oh, down. that's good.
4: I oh, think yeah. that's a good thing because this oh, is yeah. the kind of person that
2: just takes the, you
4: know, takes the life out of you for comes nothing. In, what an idiot. Comes in and ruins it, and, yeah, you know, that's, that's not, ugly not
2: thing. what we're about. But the, cool. the
4: chat, of course, on YouTube was fantastic because we all yeah. know each other. Yeah. That's what part of my live stream today was about knowing each other. And you know, we're in this in this together. And we Mm -hmm. find comfort in all of these names from YouTube. You know, all of each other we know that there's Mm -hmm. a real person behind
2: everyone. Right. 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 And that's why I'm happy that I'm able to live stream over to YouTube, YouTube, because it gives people an opportunity to to have some camaraderie and to just, you know, it's like it's like um, in in that article that I read about climbing the ladder about how, yeah.
3: um,
2: you know, we're, we are a closed group. We are a small closed group because we this is specialized this is specialized information and people can't just come in and understand it you know you have to study you have to be open you have to be aware and and you know everybody's at a different place in their journey on this so we'll just move forward and I'm so happy that we're all here together on this journey So power to the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to sign Bow off are. <laughs> I love everyone. Take care. God bless. Goodbye.